Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to Wager Talk Today, the best daily sports betting show on the planet. We've got a great show lined up for you all. Brian Leonard will be our first guest. He's going to tell you how to bet the Winnipeg-Boston hockey game and Vegas going into New Jersey. Steve Merrill with an NBA and college basketball play. And Ronald Kabang, who is 16-3 and in his last 19 NBA plays, is going to give us two NBA bets. Stay with us all the way to the end. I'm Lawrence Presman. My co-host is Teddy Covers. And Brian, the best hair on the planet, Leonard, joining us right off the bat. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? Teddy? No complaints. Well, we always got complaints. Prez has got a complaint. I got complaints. But overall, we're doing fine. Thank you, Brian. Let's start with some NFL first game on the card, the Boston Bruins at home against the Winnipeg Jets. Looking at the Wager Talk live on screen right now, I'm seeing the Bruins, let's call them minus 130. Total, five and a half, juice to the under. What do you want to do with the Jets and the Bruins? This should be one hell of a game here. Uh, Two teams playing very well right now. Uh, Let's see if we can make some money uh, by taking a look at this one. It's not often you find a team who's gone 9-1-0 as of late as an underdog, but that's what we're finding right now in Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg, last 10 games, 5-on-5 play, have a goal percentage of 66.67. Really impressive. Expected goal, 55.01. In 5-on-5 play, they've outscored the opposition 20-10 to the last 10 games. That goal allowed number of 10 is far better than any other team in the league. The Jets are playing so well defensively. Uh, they're also well-rested, with this being just their third game in the last nine days. And I went back, and since December 1st, which was close to two months ago, and that's 22 games for the Winnipeg Jets, they've only given up 36 total goals. 36 total goals in 22 games. That's good. That's why they're winning. They're playing great defense. Uh, Boston, as I mentioned, also playing some good hockey themselves. Five-on-five play in the last 10. Uh, goals expected of 49.95. Goals, actual goals, 63.04. So both of these teams are shooting a little bit better than what you would expect. So I expect a little bit of regression in that regard. Uh, Boston enters plays having won four straight, including scoring nine goals last time out against Montreal. And they did that in basically the first two periods. I was waiting for them to get to double digits. You don't see that very often. But 
Now you got Boston's 15 and six this year at home. We all already know that Boston's a terrific team playing at home, but Winnipeg has basically matched that when they've gone on the road, 14 and six record on the road. Uh, Boston coming off that nine goal offensive outburst. I don't see it happening here in this one. Uh, I like Winnipeg. I think the uh, these teams are. I think Winnipeg's actually a little bit better of a team, and you're getting them at a plus price here. Getting them at plus uh, one ten. So give me uh, Winnipeg and what I expect to be a low-scoring game here, Winnipeg and Boston. Yeah, Brian, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I handicapped this game myself, and I looked at uh, betting the under here. Uh, Winnipeg, they have not allowed more than two goals in 10 games. And, you know, we've seen this over and over again with a team coming up of a nine-goal, eight-goal, seven-goal performance. Uh, I prefer the under here. It, I looked at this game from Winnipeg's perspective, and I felt like plus 110 wasn't enough value. Mm. We're still getting one of the best teams in the league at home at minus 130, and I feel like Winnipeg's just rolling too much. Does that mm. ever does that ever uh, come into account in your handicap where you're sitting there and you're like, man, they've won 9 of 10. This is a second uh, day, second road game. they're they're just due for a big letdown and they're coming off of an overtime win against Ottawa, which suggests that they might be entering that letdown spot. I don't want to jump in against a team who's playing well until I see something that shows me that they're not, you know, you know how well we did with Seattle during that run. I had two 5% plays on Seattle. They yeah. won both games yeah. by three goals. Uh, Seattle the other day, they were on the road, and it was a long road trip, and they played one game where the defense just didn't show up. Then at that point, that was my spot where I said, okay, I'm going to not play Seattle again. And sure enough, they struggled the rest of the road trip, especially defensively. You mentioned Winnipeg. I went back, and I looked at every single game they played since December 1st, they only allowed more than two goals once. That was three in overtime in a game they lost. So they've allowed two goals or less for two straight months in regulation. Yeah. To me, if you don't like the Winnipeg plus the 110, maybe you play Boston under two and a half in a nice plus money there. So uh, that one could work as well. I would have liked to have played this game minus the six in which it opened, but it went down to five and a half. I've done enough shows with Buster over at uh, the puck time where he says it's so easy to get over five and a half. So I don't like to play under five and a half, even though I believe that's the right side here. So I think we're both on the same um, page here when we're looking to play, you know, Boston under or something to that effect. So uh, Winnipeg, different ways to play this one, but I think we'll get a winner here. Hoops and hockey on center stage. Uh, on Wager Talk today on Monday. Of course, we'll have plenty of NFL discussion throughout the week. I'll talk NFL discussion and what betters learn today. But right now, we're focusing on the NHL, a piece of the equation. Let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, who've been, I guess they've snapped out of their funk, where they go 4-8 and eight in a 12-game span. They've won three in a row now. They're in New Jersey tonight. The Devils, minus 120, minus 125. Look at the Wager Talk live odd screen. Total, 6 Juice to the over, what do you want to do with the Knights and the Devils? 
You know, it's interesting. I, I saw the plays that the guys were sending over. Uh, Steve Merrill's always been very good in the excuse me the NBA. Um, Ronald's really good at what he does in the NBA. So I figured I'd pick up some hockey today. And speaking of hockey, I was at the uh, Red Rock the other day watching the uh, the playoff games and also watching the Golden Knights play. And one of our biggest fans, Mike, was over there and uh, a big-time better. He's been very nice to me. He goes there all the time and with his buddies, and they have a really good time. He wanted to be mentioned on the show. Uh, I run into a lot of people out at the casinos that are big fans of the show. I don't spend enough time thanking them on air uh, for watching the show, but Mike's been very nice to us, and I told him I would point him out. So here you go, Mike. Here's your shout-out on the show, and hopefully we'll get you a winner here in hockey. Uh, you mentioned Vegas, uh, turning it around a little bit, uh, Teddy. Uh, last 10 games, 5-on-5 play for Vegas. Uh, they've got a goal four percentage of 54.84, expected goal 49.09. So a little bit of uh, negative regression offensively coming for them. They've outscored the opposition 17-14 to 14 in that 5-on-5 play. And I talked earlier about um, Winnipeg only allowing 10 goals the last 10 games. Vegas, along with a couple others, have allowed 14 in 5-on-5 play. But they've done that for a reason, and that's because they're missing Jack Eichel and William Carlson offensively. They need to do something to keep the other team from scoring because they have lost out on two of their better offensive players. Eichel's just a tremendous scorer, uh, and that's what they've been doing. They've been concentrating on defense, and the goaltending's been much better as of late than it was earlier. And I think I'm going to continue to ride that. Uh, the defense for the Golden Knights lately have given up two, one, one, three, one, three, and two goals the last seven games. So they're playing much better. And that's really, when when the Knights are good, it's because of their defense and their goaltending. And now they're starting to play better in that regard. Uh, without their top two centers tonight, I think the offense will be struggling here against New Jersey without Eichel and Carlson there, which makes this tough to enter the opponent's blue line when your centers are not able to do it. Stevenson's fast. Stevenson's very fast. But he's the only guy I trust to enter the blue line clearly and, and get them in an offensive position. Uh, the Devils over the last 10 games, we know all about the Devils' offense, but they've had a lot of injuries lately. Um, but the last 10 games, 5-on-5 five five play, their goal percentage is 56.82, expected goal percentage of 48.06. So a little bit more negative offensive regression there for this team as well. So both teams are due for some, some uh, situations where they're not as strong offensively. Take a look at the last six games for New Jersey. They've had eight in the last game because Dallas just ran it up on them. But other than that, five, five, three, and five total, total goals scored the other games. So they're playing more to an under here. I try, Their defense is getting a little bit better as the season goes on. Uh, so I like this game to go under. This is also a game that took some money on the under. Open six and a half is now six. But like I said, according to the uh, Winnipeg game earlier, I don't have a problem playing under six. It's the five and a half that makes it a little bit tricky because you get those games of a team has a two-goal lead late. Somebody's pulling their goalie, and it's tough uh, to go under the fives and a halves. Yeah, and uh, we see that goalie getting pulled at the three, four-minute mark sometimes in a uh, two-goal game. Brian, look, I, I can't argue this play. It makes complete sense to me. Uh, I, I, and I feel like we need to look at betting the under in Vegas for a while moving forward. I, 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 the only reason there's a six on the board here is 
New Jersey over the last year and a half has shown themselves to be an over team, high scoring, uh, not the best defensive team. But now without Jack Hughes uh, in the lineup, uh, this team has been playing to the under of late. I'm just going to tell you that I agree with you 100% on this play. Um, But I am curious why you're not looking at Vegas here for similar reasons to the New York, to the Winnipeg Jets, plus 100, finally on a roll. Well, they are on a roll. The problem is, if you go up and down this lineup, they brought up so many guys from the Henderson Silver Knights that it looks similar to an inner squad game with Henderson and Vegas uh, because they're missing so many guys. And I don't want to be backing a team on the road against a quality team. And, and Jersey's a quality team. They were expected to make the players. They're expected to to be a real competitor this year. There's too many too many AHL guys here on this team right now that are getting significant minutes. Uh, Brisson scored his first goal. He's their number one draft pick from a few years ago. He scored his first goal the other day. But um, at this point, they don't have enough guys that have played together as a group enough for me to expect much offense from them. So, Bri, your number one lifetime in NHL net profit at Wager Talk, your number four in NFL and NHL profit this season. What do you have going for the clients on Monday that you'd like to promote? We've actually got a pretty good card today. It's a smaller card, obviously, being a Monday. Uh, but I've got my top basketball play up at college basketball. We won yesterday with uh, LeMoyne uh, by about 40 points in that one. So that one worked out very well. We're having a really good college basketball season. And then I've got three NHL plays. you got two of them here, but I still have another one out there. So you can get all four plays for only $19. Put everything in one simple package to save you some money today. And uh, let's start the week off uh, really strong here on Monday. I think uh, even though the cards are small today, I think there's a lot of good money-making opportunities. Brian Leonard, everybody, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Teddy Covers, before we get into what did betters learn, uh, I do want to tell everybody about my weekend. So I'm wearing the same, uh, same track pants I've been wearing since Friday. You know what that means. I'm on a run. Dude, I had an eight and one betting day for my clients on Saturday, eight and one. I then came back with a four and one Sunday. I went 12 and two for all my clients over the weekend. However, I lost my 5% play and losing your 5% play never feels good. How, when you go 12 and two, it does feel a little better. I will say that. Uh, I had the Bills uh, minus two and a half. Uh, Ghosts of Scott Norwood back in play. Wide right. Um, And I'm sorry to all my clients who only purchased the 5% play, but there is a message there, guys. And that is, man, these 5% plays are 1% higher than four. I know that straight math. Five comes after four. But the key to winning when you're buying handicappers and you're betting on sports is not to get caught up on one play or bet one play. You bet our whole card. I am currently up big profit in college basketball, in NBA, and in NHL. Those are the three sports. Once We only have three NHL games left to go. 
NFL games. Once those NFL games are gone, there are three sports in play, NBA, college, and NHL. All I can do is win for my clients over a long uh, term period, and that is what I'm doing. You are all better off buying the all access full betting card from a handicapper than you are buying a single 5% play. Plus it's only $4 extra. Plus in all seriousness, the difference between a 4% play and a 5% play is one unit. So guys, grab our all access passes when we have those 5% plays. Teddy covers, what did we learn in the wonderful world of sports betting? So this isn't a true B, 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 B. We're not going to go through the bad beats, bad bets, bad for the book. What we are going to do is talk about the four NFL playoff games and roll through them real quick. There was one right side winner in Baltimore. Although, I mean, it was 10-10 at halftime. I don't know how right side it necessarily was. Although the Houston's touchdown came on a punt return. Yes. Final, obviously, 34 to 10. Ravens ran them out in the second half. Pretty dominant performance. The total bounced around 44 all week. Landed right on 44. No right sides when it came to the total. That had to do with betting skills more than handicapping skills. But Houston, look, they were shorthanded and they were outclassed. Plain and simple. Green Bay was a right side winner, plus the points against San Francisco. That being said, the side and the total were both on the line after Drake Greenlaw, Drake Greenlaw's second interception versus Jordan Love on the last Packers drive. They said that Greenlaw ran 101 yards on his two interceptions for a net gain of 25. <laughs> Anyhow, Greenlaw goes down, equals Green Bay and under. If Greenlaw went back to the end zone, it would have been San Fran and over. So again, when you talk about right sides, Green Bay was a right side. They were still a sweat at the end. The Lions, look, they got outgained by two yards per play. The game was tight after the first quarter. The game was tight after the second quarter. The game was tight after the third quarter. They won by eight. Why? The two-point conversion, the most important point spread play in football. I thought it was a penalty on the two-point conversion. Of course, I had Tampa in my pocket. The refs didn't think it was a penalty, and that ended up being the difference between Tampa getting the money or the Lions getting the money. And the over 49.5 cashed in that ball game as well. That was another never-in-doubt sweat and a half. So when it comes to right sides, Tampa, Detroit, I'm not convinced there was a right side. In that ball game, Lions won the coin flip. Now, Kansas City, Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo had the fake punt fail when Casey only had 10 on the field. I don't. I still don't think there was a good decision, even with only 10 on the field at that point in the game from that territory. That being said, they didn't lose anything. Casey fumbled in the end zone, got the touchback on that very same drive. So uh, the Bills' fake punt didn't hurt them. The over 46 was a right side there, even a low possession game. Casey didn't punt till the fourth quarter. Buffalo only punted twice all game. And obviously, Tyler Bass goes wide right, bringing up the Scott Norwood memories. KC first down equals ball game. That being said, the Bills couldn't stop the run, and KC would have had time even if the Bass field goal was good. I think the Chiefs were a right side in that ball game. My clients and I cashed with them. That's good enough. Let's take a look real quick. We do have Super Bowl 58 look-ahead point spreads. These are just look-aheads. They're from the global book. That being said, 49ers minus two versus Ravens, 49ers minus three versus Chiefs, Ravens minus five and a half versus Lions, Chiefs minus four and a half versus Lions. Those are the potential look-ahead spreads 
for next week. We'll see how this week's games affect those. NFL opening line report coming at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Myself, Andrew Martin, will break it all down in detail. That being said, there's my little recap, Prez. Back to you, my friend. Teddy, uh, so I'm watching the uh, San Fran game, and I'm thinking to myself, about two weeks ago, uh, you would have bet your life on San Fran. Do you remember that conversation? Not your actual life, but somebody asked if you could pick five, four teams, I think it was, to win the Super Bowl yeah. Uh, yeah. for your life. Which would uh-huh. you pick? And you picked San Fran as the only team in the NFC. And I was sitting there going, mm-hmm. oh, my God. They didn't look very good at all on Sunday. Totally on Saturday. Totally out of sync offensively. Uh, I was worried for you, bro. Um, even though ultimately that was just a hypothetical. But what a, uh, you know, I love I love the gripping games. I think you were right. My 5% play was on the Bills. And I think you were right. I think Kansas City was the right side. Look, the Bills just couldn't stop them at all. And uh, you're not going to win any games that way, that's for sure. But a good weekend of NFL football. I'll take my five and one and move on. Let's bring in the wonderful Steve frickin' Merrill. How are you, Steve? Doing well, boys. Doing well. Great weekend. Two and zero uh, yeah. yesterday, and uh, twenty four and ten all sports run the past two weeks. So, uh, seen it pretty well in football and basketball. Nice, Teddy. Why don't you get some uh, info out of him? You set this game up, bro. Let's hear how you do it. Steve Merrill, NBA tonight. Charlotte Hornets are traveling to the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. Look at the wager stock live odds screen. I'm seeing Minnesota minus 14 and a half, total 218 and a half. There are some injury concerns uh, tonight, most notably in the LaMelo ball for Charlotte is a big question mark. One, do you think the Hornets will have their point guard? Two, do you think they can hang around in this one? Talk to me, NBA Monday night. Yeah, he's listed as questionable. He missed the game on Saturday against the Sixers, um, so he definitely might not play tonight. But what's interesting about the line total and the total is it opened 224, um, and last night it went down to 221. Now it's down to 218 and a half. So that would be, oh, you would think maybe Bell's not in there. Yet the point spread has gone from 15 down to 14 and a half. So it doesn't quite jive there why the money would come towards the Hornets and the total would drop. Either way, though, I like Minnesota in this game. Um, I personally hope Bell plays because we'll probably get a cheaper price near tip-off. Um, a couple reasons I like Minnesota, though. First of all, Charlotte is horrendous, and I'm never afraid to play against horrendous teams, whether it be the NFL or the NBA or college football, and they're a terrible offensive team. And just like we talk about in football, when you're laying a big number, double digits, you don't want that backdoor cover potential. And Charlotte's averaging just 108 points a game. Um, They're shooting the ball miserable, 41% of that Philly loss the other night. In fact, if you look back over their last seven games, they have shot 43% or worse in six of their last seven games now, and they might be without one of their better offensive players in bell hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Question becomes, is the big favorite interest? That's the other thing you want to see when you're playing a double-digit favorite in any sport. And I think Minnesota will be. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. And they're coming off a loss at home in their previous game on Saturday. And they have a four-game road trip coming up on deck. So after a home loss, road trip on deck, I think they'll be focused to finish out this homestand with the win. And it was a decent loss. Oklahoma City, they were a three-point favorite, lost by five. Keep in mind, they won four straight before that. Other thing I'll point out, too, is one of their worst offensive games of the season. They shot just 41% from the field. Another reason why I think they'll be extra focused tonight and lay it to a bad Charlotte team. And let's look at Minnesota bouncing back off a loss this year over the past month or so. Their previous loss was against Boston on January 10th uh, at home in their next game against a bad Blazers team. They won by 33 as a 16-point favorite. Uh, also had a loss back at the beginning of January at Nor- or at home against New Orleans, going to Houston and win by 27 the very next game. Uh, so we've seen them repeatedly win by double-digit margins off a of bad showing, and I think that continues tonight with the T-Wolves. So I've got Minnesota, what, three and six their last nine tries laying double digits. And while I agree with your assessment about Charlotte being a team that we're much more interested in fading than backing, I mean, the Hornets have played better basketball uh, in recent contests. They, uh, <laughs> you know, they may not have covered against San Antonio. They won, and they came back and hung around uh, against Philadelphia. Um, the points were obviously the great equalizer. Do you worry at all that this is just too many points? And when you have a double-digit favorite like this, do you ever split it up first half full game, or is it just a full game wager here uh, for Minnesota? Yeah, for me, it's a full game. I've never been a real first half guy. A lot of people do very well with that stuff. Um, I will say this, recapping the NFL real quick, those number one seeds came out pretty sloppy. Uh, not sloppy, but they came out a little slow in the first half, Baltimore and San Fran. And we obviously saw, by the way, I thought that was a great, I should have tweeted it out. You know, there's so little time with halftime lines, but I had Baltimore as a strong best bet at minus nine and a half for my clients. Um, it was tied up 10-10. Houston and the entire game never got inside the 25-yard line except for the punt return. And they were minus six and a half at halftime. I thought that was a great second half play, but didn't serve me any purpose because we already had a full, you know, 4% play on Baltimore minus nine and a half. But that's just something you want to look for in any sport when a team is dominating, you know, and you're getting a misleading maybe halftime score. But I, I thought San Fran and Baltimore both came out a little slow in the first half. San Fran was kind of slow the whole game, but something yeah. to keep an eye on. So that's a time maybe you play a first half. Um, I don't necessarily think the first half is any different than the full game here. Um, I actually like the full game better probably just because Minnesota has the ability to pull away. And we have seen them do that. They might not have a great double-digit spread record, but off a loss, they've won all those games recently by more than this spread. And keep in mind, Charlotte, the only game they've shot better than 43% the last seven was that Spurs win you referenced, their only win against a terrible San Antonio team who's an awful defensive team. Uh, Before that, I was on the show uh, last week uh, on the 17th here, and I mentioned uh, New Orleans and Charlotte. And uh, actually, I'm sorry, uh, Ronald Cabang was on the show when you and I were guests. I was guest hosting. Ronald liked uh, the uh, Pelicans last week. I ended up using the Pelicans also as a best bet. Also did a free play video here. Um, and Charlotte lost by 20 in that spot. So I think this is a similar situation. Uh, keep in mind the game before that, they lost by uh, 17 at Miami. They also lost by 36 against those Spurs a week before. So I uh, have no worries about Charlotte getting blown out tonight. They're more than capable of finding a way. Steve Merrill joining us, everyone. One of the best handicappers out there, exclusive to wager talking. Couple of things I want to talk about before we get into your next game. Hofstra at Stony Brook. 
Uh, first off, Steve, I, I watched, I went to a poker tournament on Saturday. They had all the games, the games up on the screen. I sat next to Carmine Bianco. He was right on my left. He had a 5% play on under 45 in the Baltimore game. I had a 3% play on over 43 and a half in the Baltimore game. Carm said to me, you are not allowed to cheer for your over while sitting next to me. So I honored his request and my toes were high-fiving underneath the table quietly. But man, it landed right in the middle. Both of us cashed high-fives all around. Now, next thing. We got a guy in the chat room that actually changed his name to the heading of my free pick yesterday. Great spot for the Hurricanes. He then proceeded to put, and I lost. I lost my free play. Oh my God. He then proceeded to say that I'm lying about my record. I did not go five and one yesterday. So Mr. Great Spot, firstly, when you wanna rip somebody apart, get the facts right. I said I went four and one yesterday, not five and one. Secondly, we, it's, it's a free pick. In about 10 minutes, I'm gonna do the daily presidential address where I'm gonna give out three to four picks. They don't count in my record. I'm not betting these plays. If you want my plays, you buy. If you want my actual bets, you buy my bets. This guy went and put the entire analysis in to show that I lost. Did he point out that I'm like eight and two in my last 10 free picks? Nope. Mr. Great Spot for the Hurricanes, I take it as a privilege that I am living rent free in your head. Now you can stick it up your tochas. Steve Merrill, Hofstra at Stony Brook. How do we bet this game? Best lead-in ever to a college basketball game. So I'm just going to try to live up to the hype of this game now. Hofstra, Stony Brook. Uh, my neck of the woods, Colonial, two teams. Uh, Stony Brook was actually in town a couple Saturdays ago against William & Mary. It was an awful game, one of the worst college basketball games you will ever see. William & Mary trailed the entire game, took a two-point lead late, Ended up traveling down one, lost by four. But the point is, neither Stony Brook or William and Mary are any good. Yet, both Stony Brook and Hofstra stand at two and three. And I do think Hofstra is actually pretty good. They had a very tough non-conference schedule, one of the 50 toughest non-conference schedules in the country. Yes, they're just two and three to start off conference play. But they had to play College of Charleston. And then they had two tough road games at Northeastern and Campbell. Really weird setup there. That's a back-to-back, two games and three nights. Northeastern's in Boston. Campbell's in what, like South Carolina, I believe. It's one of the uh, areas down there. And I saw Campbell play in person last week. They're a lot better than their 9-9 record. So I do think the three losses are solid losses. Meanwhile, Stony Brook's played some weaker teams. Uh, they did play Charleston as well and lost. But I rate Hofstra as the better offensive team, the better defensive team, and it should be, once again, a focus spot for a team that's just 2-3 and three in conference play. I think they're flying a little bit under the radar. Uh, we'll lay the short number with them here. And the other thing I'll point out is they shoot free throws extremely well. 76% from the free throw line. And that definitely could come into play night uh, with this three and a half point spread. You like to have a good free, free throw shooting team that can pull ahead late when needed. So Hofstra, I mean, these two teams have identical straight up records. Hofstra six and 11 against the spread. 
overvalued all year. Stony Brook's 10 and 5 against the spread, undervalued all year. Why does that change tonight? You and I talked about it last week, Teddy. Remember, you said a lot of times you look to kind of zigzag once conference play starts versus the regular season. So uh, I know you know that. And um, I think this is a, that's actually an excellent example of why I think Hofstra is a little underrated now and Stony Brook probably a little bit overrated. Steve Merrill joining us. Yes, Steve. So this schmobo says he bet $12,000 on my free pick and lost. The word moron comes to mind. He could have just spent 30 bucks and bought my plays and won. Anyway, I can only imagine how much he played on your 5% that lost. Oh, no, he didn't play anything because, you know, when you're betting 12 grand, Steve, you can't afford the $35 to buy the actual pick. You have to put it in your bet. Moron! Anyway, I'm pumped. 12-2 and two run. Steve Merrill, you are also rolling, and you're always rolling. Dude, Teddy, in all, has there ever been a time Steve Merrill has come on here where he wasn't rolling? Yes. Oh, but it's not right now. I missed I miss that show. 24 and 10 in your last 14 days. Congratulations. What do you got to promote? Once again, greatest setup ever. Hey, look, we talk about these short-term runs, 24 and 10 the last two weeks. That's a nice run, but I really do believe in taking a long-term investment approach. I preach it all the time, and... Well, the 24 and 10 current run is pretty impressive. Let's look at the last couple of years. Let's go all the way back to the start of 2022. That includes all of 2022, 2023, and obviously 2024 has been a nice start. Number one in all sports sides the past two years plus now, up 168 units. Number one in football, college and pro combined all sides the last two years plus. NBA last year was 40 games above 500, and now we're 113 and 69, including this year as well. College hoops, number one the year before that. The point is, don't try to guess. Don't pick and match. Play free plays. Pay, play, play, pay, yeah. play. Play them all and get a direct subscription yeah. and save when you do so. If you want to try out a seven-day, this is the week to do it. We have an Access 7 promo right now, seven days and nights for just 69 That's an instant 30% discount. Access 7 details on my page. And I'm also going to bring back the one-year special. I did this back at New Year's. I know many of you missed this 24-10 and 10 run. Don't sit back any longer. Get a full 365 days. Promo code SM365 is live again this week, and that'll get you all the way into the third week of January 2025. So take a serious investment approach. Strong NBA best bets tonight on Monday and daily free plays every day on my page as well. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Thank you, my brother. Uh, good luck tonight, Steve. Teddy, these guys are say to me in the chat room, why do you talk about the haters? Why do you give this guy airtime? And my answer is, I can't just keep saying I went 12 and two over the weekend ad nauseum. So I use their negativity as an opportunity to promote my runs. So I, I appreciate them. I know how sick you are of listening to me. Your big game breakdown, please. Sure, Preds, it's a 45 minute show and you mentioned your 12 and two run. I think this is the sixth time now, but keep it up, buddy, keep going. I'm sure the viewers appreciate that. That's what we're looking for on a Monday self-promotion. Let's oh, talk I big love you, game Terry. breakdown. The Sacramento. Let me do my big game breakdown and talk the Sacramento Kings and the Atlanta Hawks. Look at the way you talk live on screen right now. I'm seeing Sacramento minus eight, total 237 and a half. And we get to talk about Trey Young right now. Atlanta is the worst point spread team in the NBA by a wide margin. 
20 games under 500 ATS. It's the halfway point of the season. There's no betting bandwagon, to put it mildly, on the Hawks. They just lost who, the guy who's supposed to be their best player, certainly the name, the face of the franchise, and Trey Young. He's in concussion protocol. He'll be out indefinitely. And in that loss, they got blown out uh, by Cleveland uh, on Saturday, ending a three-game winning streak. So we ask ourselves, what's Atlanta like without Trey Young? Well, geez, they have a winning record this year without Trey Young, two and one straight up. They had a winning record last year without Trey Young, straight up. Maybe they might be worth a look. Atlanta's been plus five or higher, only five previous times all season against elites. Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, they lost those. Miami was a fourth one last week. Oh, they beat Miami straight up. Does Sacramento belong in the group of Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, even Miami? They don't. <laughs> All right. They're coming off a bad loss. Head coach Quinn Snyder, quote, we were a different team in the three games previous than we were tonight after that loss. We can expect a concerted effort. The Kings' last winning cover at home by more than eight points came before Christmas. They've lost four in a row. Their last win against Atlanta by more than seven points, 2019. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Hawks, five and two straight up the last seven meetings. They lost by seven earlier this year, and Atlanta's going to remember that game. They led 105-93 in the fourth quarter before a 24-5 Kings closeout. Hawks without Trey Young, I power rate them right where I power rate the Hawks with Trey Young. I think there's value on Atlanta. Give me the Hawks plus the points in Sacramento. There's your big game breakdown. Back to you, Mr. President. Did you go 12-2 and two this weekend? Why, thank you for asking. And you know what my free play is tonight, Teddy? It's the Atlanta Hawks. We're on the same page, brother. Let's uh, let's bring in Ronald Kabang. Ronald, outstanding work in NBA, man. Uh, privileged to have you on Wager Talk. You are so good at this sport. Um, and that's the sport we're going to discuss. The Raptors playing tonight. You've got a bet for us on them. Teddy, no follow-up. Let's go straight to his next bet afterwards. Ronald, all you. All right. Well, I'm looking at this Grizzlies and uh, Raptors game here. I know the Grizzlies have been struggling this season. Surprisingly, though, they've actually gone over their team total in six of their last eight games. Um, you know, I think the books continue to uh, have their totals low and, and um, their spreads very large. So that means that their team totals are set pretty low. I think just the fact that they're, they've been dealing with injuries and all that stuff, that's affecting the number. Um, if you look at the Raptors side, after that trade deadline, the Raptors were going over uh, at a crazy rate. Uh, actually, their, their team total over as well. I think they went over their team total in every single game prior to the last four games. But if you look at who they face in the last four games, they face the Celtics, the Heat, the Bulls, and the Knicks. And all four of those teams – if you look at the last 15 games, top six in defensive rating. So it was kind of expected in that spot that they were going to struggle offensively. Uh, now they face a Grizzlies team that has struggled on the defensive side of the ball, especially after uh, John Moran got, uh, you know, uh, was um, uh, out for the season. And then they're struggling with uh, other injuries like uh, Bain and, and Smart. They're actually 21st in the league in defensive rating the last five games, allowing opponents to shoot over uh, 51%, nearly 52% from the field. Um, you know, uh, other things to think about, too, the Grizzlies and their home road splits. Uh, it's also pretty telling that their defense uh, allows about four to five more points per game on the road than they do at home. 
to me, I think there's some recency bias uh, that makes this total a little bit lower than it should be. Um, Grizzlies struggle offensively, like I said. Raptors, four straight unders. Uh, the only way that I could look is actually to the over. Uh, more specifically, I think the Raptors team total over is the better play because just because of uh, some of the struggles on the offensive side of, of the ball for the Grizzlies, uh, they went up and over their team total in every single game prior to the last four games where they faced those top six defensive teams. Um, so for me, I, I like the Raptors to go over 116 and a half tonight. Do you worry at all about, I mean, the coaches coming, the quotes coming out of Toronto are, are all about, we're not in sync right now. We got, all, you know, they got what, four new guys in their rotation, Siakam gone. Um, and the head, the the quotes were, con- I looked at the Raptors tonight and the quotes were concerning enough to me that I ended up leaving that on the sideline. Are you worried that Toronto mm-hmm. is just not a, a well-oiled machine right now? I don't think so. I mean, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen right after the trade deadline, right? The whole bunch of new roster movement, IQ, Jarrett, uh, Barrett, uh, and then Siakam uh, rumors, playing with rumors. Uh, they weren't struggling at that time. Um, I, I really th- think it has to do with who they played in the last four games because prior to that, they were clicking, right? Uh, now you got you played against top-tier defenses. Uh, you're, you're, <coughs> I don't think they – I think they just uh, – they're really – hard on themselves in my opinion because when you play defenses like this and slow-paced teams you're, you're gonna look like you struggle but now you face a team who struggles on the defensive side of the ball I think I think they get their momentum back um with their new or in their upcoming schedule here so uh, I think it's gonna start off with uh, the struggling Grizzlies Ronald whenever uh, I don't want to follow up whenever I do want the best follow-up question ever I tell Teddy no follow-ups because all Teddy wants to do is whatever I tell him not to do. He has a hard stop at 12.45, and he asked a follow-up that wait, that uh, took a minute long. We'll go to 12.46. Dallas Mavericks, tell us why you like them, Ronald. Yeah, the Mavs here, I think the Celtics are really, uh, to me, in a bad spot here, especially from a fatigue and travel standpoint. Um, you know, they uh, they haven't been playing their best offense lately. They've actually gone under their team total in five of their last six games. Now this is the second of uh, uh, back-to-back here. And then they're also the third game in four nights, I believe. Um, uh, so not for me, I think uh, one thing to think about here is the rest advantage on the Dallas side. They haven't played since last Wednesday, and that has to do with, you know, not, not playing the Warriors because of that game being postponed. But, you know, yesterday I, I know a couple of guys did rest and sat out for injury management uh Issues there, but uh, you know, one thing that I've seen from the Celtics team on back-to-backs, they typically flip-flop with Horford and KP. So there, I know KP is not on the injury report, but there's a there's a chance that he could sit today, um, and potentially some other maybe maybe White or, or Tatum. We don't know, but at this point, you know, only White and Tatum played 35 or more minutes yesterday. Everyone else was around 30 to 32. So those were the guys. That's the reason why I pointed those two guys out as potential uh, sit-out candidates with KP. On the other side, like I said, they're well rested. They play. They haven't played since Wednesday, and that's a huge advantage in my opinion. They're refreshed. They look healthy. The only two people we see on the injury report is uh, Dante Exum and then Seth Curry. Uh, one thing that I looked at with the Mavs here specifically is Luca, Kyrie, and Lively together in the lineup on the road uh, at home and well rested. They're actually six and zero straight up in that spot, and they're averaging 121 points per game in those six games. So their offense is clicking when those three are together. They will be there tonight. They have the rest advantage. Um, also, the, we know that the Celtics struggle on the road more so than they do at home, uh, which is why they're 8-12-1 against the spread on the road. For me, I, I think the, the travel spot, I think the travel fatigue 
and the rest advantage for the Mavs here uh, is pretty huge, and that's why I like them to potentially win this game outright. Uh, like I said, I think there's potential for KP to sit and potentially another key player. So if you guys think that's going to happen, you, you should probably take the Mavs now because it, it, it could the line could shift uh, pretty significantly. Dallas minus, uh, Dallas plus three. There are some three and a halves out there uh, if you shop around in the betting marketplace right now. Ronald Kabang, your NBA has been outstanding. Talk about what you have to go uh, going tonight at wagertalk.com. Yeah, usually when I do these shows, I don't I don't give out, out free plays that I don't have as a premium play. So both of these are premium plays, but I have one other top play uh, on the board and like, uh, you know, like uh, Prez said, 16-3-1. I was already doing pretty well on the NBA season, but in recent form, 16-3-1. Uh, run the last, what, week or so. So hopefully we just continue cashing these NBA tickets. Ronald Gabant, thank you for joining us. Teddy covers. We are short six likes. What do you want to do? You're on your hard stop. I can just move on and call it a day. I'd say give him a, 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 a big game or what is it? What are your presidential address, but cut it off. Give him s- most of it, but cut it off right at the end where there's six less. We don't have time. Just do something. Okay. Guys, it's time for your daily presidential address. And I want to let you know, as of today, I will be filming what we're going to call the penalty box segment. It's a standalone video where I will give you three NHL bets plus analysis I'm taping it in a few minutes. Make sure to check that out. Also, I know you all know, but I went 12-2 and this weekend for my clients. Uh, I've got one college basketball total, one NBA, and one NHL play up for you guys tonight. At 100 miles an hour, I like the under in Boston. I like the under in the New Jersey-Vegas game. And I like the Florida Panthers. Be well, everyone. See you tomorrow. Teddy, kick ass on your opening line report. Take us home. Enjoy the games and good luck with all your wagers. We'll see you guys tomorrow right here on Wager Talk Today. Yep.